Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. I, um, I really, it's, it's unique what's occurred with this, with these sermons. I, I'm, I'm beginning to see things that I'd never really seen before, and I'm sort of putting one word on every one of them, and I'll say that after we pray today. But today I want to talk to you a few minutes about purpose. Uh, it, I think it's, if you do research, people struggle more with purpose than anything else. People say, what am, why am I here? You know, and I'll, 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 I'll frame that a little better in a few minutes. But uh, I just want you to be open, and you've already been to the Lord, and, and now, now sort of the, the intelligent time, do we, where, where does God want to take us and just answer that question for us? But uh, if, if you're able, will you stand with us in honor of God's Word? And um, we're going to be, act, I mean, Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28 And uh, we're reading out of the Christian standard. After we read it, we'll pray and we can be seated, all right? So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them, male and female. God blessed them, watch this. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord. May my words be yours, my thoughts be yours. God, may we walk in obedience. May we realize, God, that you've given every one of us a a mandate, a purpose for our life. And uh, may we answer the question between ourselves and you today about living in our purpose. And God, will be careful to give you the praise and the glory for what you do. For we ask you and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, you may be seated. Thank you. Amen. So far as you're settling in, uh, we've, we've established, here's these words, that God is authority. He's authority. Uh, He was God before. He'll be God continuing forever. Uh, After that, we talked about the dominion, and sometimes men gets confused that dominion means I'm in authority, but really dominion means we're under the authority of God. And uh, we talked about that at length. And and then the last time we were together, a couple weeks ago, uh, we talked about sexuality. We talked about gender, and God made male and female. It's in the same passage. And uh, a lot that we said about that, that identity, I believe every fiber of my being is God's, not mine. And in the day and age we live in, there's a lot of issue with all that kind of stuff. But today, I think it's also an unwavering and um, undenying God thing as well. And it's this thing of purpose. That God, and I can go all the way through the New Testament and show you with gifts and talents and abilities that God has a purpose for every one of our lives. And it's shown in this text. That's where it starts. Now, it can, it can, it can have tentacles to it and go a lot of different directions. But there are four purposes here that God has for each one of us in our life. And they're not mixed together, they're very distinct. Um, I, I looked up the word purpose, and it's, it's pretty unique. The purpose says the, the reason for which something is created or for which something exists. Wow. That's a powerful word. This, this powerful word of purpose answers for us things like, why do I exist? I think people struggle with that. I, I really do. Why am I here? You know, why, how did this all happen? This whole thing of it. And maybe we, we ask the question, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Uh, I run in, I got some guys right now that are, that are younger than myself walking through this as a good many, trying to figure out, okay, God, what do you want me to do with my life? I, I remember like yesterday at 14 years of age, God called me to preach. I was at a youth camp and God distinctly, I know it, I could take you there, I could take you within two or three square feet of where it happened over 43 years ago, 44 years ago now. And it's amazing. I think God made it very plain for me because he knew I would struggle if he didn't, all right? But understand purpose. But there's this umbrella purpose that we see in Genesis that I want to unpackage for us today. And what I would say with you is there's going to be a lot of information, the, the way the church service has gone, and I wouldn't take anything for the way it's gone, but, but just being time aware, I might say some things uh, quickly, but, but really unpackage them. 
uh, go back, study the passages that I give you and understand what's your purpose and what God has for us. But there are four words, fruitful, multiply, fill, and subdue. Pretty strong words too, by the way. And sometimes we can mix them together, and I guess some of that's all right, but they are distinct in and of themselves. I do want to unpackage them for us today, all right? Uh, Four words of purpose. The first one is fruitful. Uh, I wrote it down for the point today is that God designed productivity. The use of this word is more than reproduction. That's the next word. It's more than our lineage. That's that's the the multiply word. It's it's more than how big your family is, how many children you have. It's being fruitful. Hmm. God chose you and me to bring forth fruit. Wow. I want to show it to you. Pretty lengthy, but I'll read fast, all right? In John chapter 15, Jesus is speaking. This is what he said. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. Now, I just got to tell you some of this. We, sometimes we live in a day and age um, that God is a God of love, and he is. God is love, John wrote. But I want you to understand something, too. He's also authority. Amen? He's the gardener. He has expectations, just like we have expectations in leadership or we have expectations as parents. He has expectations. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit. It's producing fruit. Isn't he satisfied? Oh, no, no, no. God not only wants us to produce fruit, but he wants us to continue to produce more fruit. Hmm. That doesn't sound like some of the theology that's out there, does it? Continue in verse number three. You are, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now listen, I don't want to pass this. It, it got by me a little bit in the, in the first service. The, we're clean. We know the Lord. We've been converted. And I hope you have. If not, today's the day of salvation. But understand this. When we're made clean in him, God expects for cleanliness. He expects for us in Christ to, prepare, to produce fruit. Now what's happened in the church through the decades now and I think I can trace it back to a certain period of time. But, but for the decades now, it seems like, a, aren't we happy that we're clean, preacher? Aren't we happy that we're safe? Shouldn't we all just hold hands and sing kumbaya that we're all redeemed? Yeah, that's great. We're going to heaven. But God has things for us before we get there. He wants us to bear fruit. That's, that's the struggle I have when people say, well, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter how I behave. It doesn't matter the countenance of my face. It doesn't matter what I talk about. It doesn't matter where I go. Yes, it does. Because bearing fruit, God wants me to bear fruit. And he just doesn't want me to, to bear a fruit for a, a proportion at a time. He wants me to bear more fruit. As, and you might have to do this. It's, it's a good deal. Do, do this with me. Everybody watching? Everybody listening? Do this. Take a breath. Take a breath. Some of you, I might think you're not, you didn't do it. I don't know if you're living. If you can take a breath, you're still living. And if you're living, God expects you to produce fruit. And if you've been producing fruit, he wants you to produce more fruit. That doesn't sound like we ought to just be happy that they came to church, Brother Jay. And we are, I'm glad you're here. But I also want us to walk in the truth of God's word, right? When it comes to being fruitful. You're already clean because the word I've spoken to you, watch this, remain in me and I in you just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The, the, the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and it withers. Listen, guys, a lot of theology out there today. I, I'm just come today to warn you. There's theology out there. If you don't watch it, it'll just end up being this thing that we're just walking through this deal and we're bouncing wherever we bounce. 
and there's no order to what we're doing, God expects us to bear fruit. God expects us to live it. God expects us to walk it. Brother Jay, you're setting the bar too high. I'm not setting the bar at all. God did. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. Oh, I love this verse. Have you ever thought that, well, God gives desires of heart. Whatever I ask him, he's going to give it to me. You remember my spill about the, the, uh, the car, the sports car, two-door sports car, and I got small kids? Why would God bless me with a sports car to put a, a, a car seat in the back seat behind that seat? You ever tried that before? With a two-door car trying to put it in the back seat, you know what you're going to have out of that? You're going to have a spiritual back trouble. That's as most spiritual I can be with you. So when you're having back surgery because of this car that you wanted, and you're having back surgery, and then we're blaming God because we got back surgery. Is anybody following what I'm talking about? See, when you're in the vine as a branch, you're not going to ask for what you want. You're going to ask for what God wants you to have because you're part of him. You following along? I think this is where we misrepresent God's word. And one more, verse number eight. My father is glorified by this, <laughs> that you produce much fruit. And prove to be my disciples. Wow, we could just stop right there, couldn't we? God's called us to be fruitful. Hmm. He chose us, God chose us to bring forth fruit. Look at verse number 16, I want to show you this. Um, this wasn't in my notes, but it came up the first service, it comes up again. My mom asked a long time ago when, when she passes, and she's enduring a, a big illness now, but, um, but she's not at death's door, but she's, she's enduring. But it's known that I'm supposed to preach her funeral, if I can. And then the, um, <laughs> I just had a thought, she preached mine plenty of times, so I might as well preach hers. But anyway, uh, the other thing is I'm supposed to sing a song. And the name of the little song is, and I heard my mother sing it first before I ever sang it years ago, and the name of the song is He Chose Me. And the lyrics talk about that before I ever accepted the Lord, before I ever chose Christ as my Savior, Jesus had already chosen me. And I think it's direct correlation with this verse. You, didn't chose, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I want you to hear this today, that before you cho chose to follow Christ, God, Jesus had already chosen you. He had already died for you. He had already paid sin's debt so that you could have the hope of eternity. You could have a relationship with the Father through the Son. He already chose you before you chose him. Isn't that great? You say, well, but wait a second. You don't know what I've done. Jesus did, and he still chose you. <laughs> it's good stuff. But he also ordained us, huh? He appointed you to go and produce fruit, and that fruit should remain. So that again, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give you fruit. Wow. And then I want to move on, but then I think about multiply. That is about procreation, that God created procreation. Man's not that sharp, folks. I remember in this day and age, always January, we observe right to life month, and we talk about abortion, those kind of things, and and uh, I remember a long time ago reading, we were involved in the Right to Life movement in the state of Georgia. And, and uh, I remember seeing an article one time that uh, a doctor had speculated, did some formulas, whatever. And they speculate that from the time of conception to the time the child is born, the ch a child goes through approximately 11 million changes. <laughs> if any of that's close to being true and accurate, then it's got to be a God thing. God created procreation. I call it legacy living in Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5. It talks about the quiver. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward like arrows in the hand of the warrior, the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has a, filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. I would blow you away to tell you that I have a sister that has 14 children. 
Now you can go ahead and take a big breath, deep breath on that one too. You look around your family unit today and said, I can't even afford, I can't take care of the two or three I got. How in the world? And you know, they all have two eyes in the front of their head and they can all talk and a bunch of them have college degrees and master's degrees. It's amazing. I mean, they, they do all kind of stuff. One of them's an umpire with the ACC and, and I mean, it's amazing. I mean, they're all, but yet people struggle with that today. And the older I get, now I'm telling you, I'm enjoying my kids. Now they did, they did leave a little while and came back with more of them. But anyway, I'm enjoying my kids. I enjoy them as adults. I didn't really enjoy the two, three, four, and five-year-old stage. I didn't enjoy the terrible twos, and I had one of mine that went through the terrible 22. But anyway, I, I didn't enjoy all that. But I'm enjoying my kids as adults and the conversations that you have and what God's doing with them and to them and through them. And enjoy that. And the older I get, I realize there's not much more to life. And I'm also banking. I think Suzanne's going to be used up. I'm going to have to trust my kids to take care of me. I think I'm being so hard on Suzanne. She's not going to be able to handle me, you know, when I need her. But I've come to tell you that emptiness is loneliness. I've seen times where the only child or, or somebody that goes through something, they don't have any children. It's amazing how that can be very empty and very lonely. It's unique. God looked on us as humanity, and he, and he even said the rest of the creation, we ought to multiply. <laughs> But you know, I did some research and found out, it's amazing, that the average family in many countries, including America, in, in, in America, the average family's like two and a half. Now don't struggle with that half a person, okay? Most families have that half a person, please don't identify them, all right? But two and a half. Then I thought, well, I wonder about Europe, and I went and looked at a bunch of European countries, same thing. We always say, well, it's China, you know, they're keeping them from having children over there. But it's amazing how we played this thing. And, and I found out in Multiply, and this might be, and I wrote it down for you to get it. I don't find any scriptures condemning no children. And I find no scriptures commanding to have a large family. <laughs> no scriptures condemning and no scriptures commanding. The scripture says that if you have a, a full quiver, you're blessed. All right, but there's none. And you know what, what I think about, and, and this is where some of this is taking on new meaning for me. Where do I think the credence is? Because God's authority, but he trusts us with dominion. You know, my sister came in today, you would say, no way, that woman's had 14 children. And she can still walk and talk, it's amazing. <laughs> but multiply. I believe the Lord trusts us enough to leave it to us. Hmm, I really do. But I gotta say this. One more thing, I believe when a child is conceived, I believe they're a human being. huh? I believe life begins at conception. And the church said? I said the church said? Thank you. Hmm, multiply. Let me give you two more. I'm trying to hurry, but it's not working too well. The, word is fill, the third one is fill the earth. God desires prosperity. This might be some strange preaching you're fixing to hear because it goes against some other TV preachers that you hear. God is not the God of lack, folks. I believe that God is the God who prospers us. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. But I don't believe you have to have 14 houses to be prosperous. It'd be a lot better to have one or two and give the others away to people that are homeless and need a place to live. <laughs> Amen? Yeah, we lack because of ungodly ways, and we need to hear this, church. Don't blame God. We live in a day and age where we've got to have more and we've got to do this and we've got to do that. And all of a sudden, we've created this monster in our life. And when it doesn't work out or we get laid off or something doesn't happen and we can't pay the bills, we blame God for it. It got quiet then. I didn't hear one person say anything. Because we don't want to hear that. Mm. 
I believe God can answer every question for us. Why somebody left this world when they did? Why somebody lost it all? Why somebody was doing this? And I guarantee you, I guarantee you on the authority of God's word, it wasn't based on godly principles because godly principles last. Oh, you lost this preacher. I might not have lost you. You maybe didn't want to hear it. This passage I want to show you one's pretty neat in Matthew chapter 5. We were doing a lot better than we had in that prayer time a while ago, weren't we? You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lamps, lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Um, typically, for me, I, I'm not a big salt person, okay? Now, this will be convicting to some folks in this room, and you've got to love me anyway, but I've been to lunch and supper with people. Before they ever taste those French fries, they're putting salt on it. I've seen guys never put one in their mouth to know that they put some back there in the kitchen on it, but it'll be crystallized before they put it in, in, in their mouth, crystallized on top of it. Now, let me tell you something. This, you know a prophet by his prophecies. If that's you, you you're a salt addict. Next month, we're going to start a SA in our church, okay, <laughs> for salt addiction. But, you know, it's amazing. Huh. And, you know, when you're in a room, you walk in, and, and it's dark. Aren't you glad that if everything's working and you paid your bills and you got your LED lights running, that when you flip the switch, it always wins? Aren't you glad there's never a time that we turn the light on in the room and you hear the light go, too much darkness? Never. Darkness doesn't compete with light. Listen to me very carefully. Darkness exists because of the absence of light. Well, preacher, where are you going? God called us to fill the earth. Hmm? See, I think today, when politicians and the world and everybody else needs to see light, and they need to know what's right, you know what's lacking? The child of God is what's lacking. I believe everything about me. Yep. Huh. You and I are the salt of the earth. And I know this is after redemption and after the fall of man, and, but it started there in the garden with you and I to fill the earth. I'm giving it to you modern day. Fill the earth. We're salt. We're light. But listen to me very carefully. You can look at something that needs salt. I think about my bride. I try not to mention her much, but she just keeps coming up. She's the only one I got. Suzanne loves cooking shows. Often I'm awakened when I start waking up, and she's falling asleep with the cooking channel on, or one of those. I never sense God's presence on that channel, not one time. Most of the time when they're cooking something, I don't even know what they're cooking. I mean, it's way out there. But you know what I know about salt? As long as it's in the shaker, it never affects anything. Hmm. Now, we're, we're the salt. So listen, watch this now. Feel the earth doesn't mean that I sit on my blessed assurance and my walk with God and never take a stand, never voice it, never do what I'm supposed to do in Christ, but I'm just this passive person who believes in Christ and he's going to take me to heaven one day. That's why we're in the mess we're in in our world. Huh? It's time for the redeemed of the Lord to do what? Hmm. It's time for where you live and where you work and where you go for you to affect other people. If it's lost its flavor, what good is it? Mm. 
Brother Jay, does it really matter how I live and what I say and where I go and who I run with? Yes, it does. That's what I struggle with where people think, well, I can go do this and go do that and go, and it's okay because God still loves me. He's the God of grace. Let me tell you something. He's also the gardener. That's another attribute of God. He's not just the, the lover of my soul. He's not just God is love. He is, and he's not just gracious, but he's also the gardener. And no matter what fruit I have in my life, he wants me to have more fruit, not less fruit. He doesn't want me to excuse where I am. He wants me to expand where I am with him. You're the light of God. You see it? God's called you and me, present day, to fill the earth. I hope you receive that. I love you, okay? I wrote it down this way so you could see it. Shake, shake the salt and shine the light in this world. Whatever you look, wherever your world is, God has put you in that place to be salt and light. I could start with the preteens and the teenagers and remind you that at school, God expects you to be salt and light. I could talk about the college student today. And Lord knows college campuses today are places of darkness. I don't know if you keep up with that kind of stuff. God expects you to be salt and light. Hmm. Okay. At the work job, well, Brother Jay, it might cost me your job. It might cost me my job. That's how far we've come. That we've been told to be quiet so long that we can't even take a stand. I tell people any right that was in the Bill of Rights for everybody else is also Bill of Rights for me in my stand for Jesus Christ. Amen? Hmm. Shake the salt and shine the light in this world. And the last one won't stay long is subdue. I think God expects professionalism in our dominion. I really do. I think we need to prove ourselves to the Lord. I think this, I think we need to extend, not just pretend. <laughs> uh, that, that just came to mind. I, I think that's for somebody today. I don't know, but I couldn't get away from that saying. I don't think I've ever had that saying before. We should be in this subduing it. We, we've got to be active. We need, to, we need to extend, not pretend. You know, those types of things. Oh, wow. I, I just want to quit today. I just want to stop and pray. That's quit was a terrible word. Um, I want to encourage you to go look. I didn't mean quit, quit, but through preaching. And let's just end here. Sometime in your devotional this week, write down Psalm 128 and go read it. Everything we've talked about in the Genesis issue is found in those few verses in Psalm 128. It talks about the fear of the Lord. You know what that is? That's authority. Talks about God gave us superiority. Talks about marriage. Talks about children and being a blessing to us. It talks about the blessing of God in our everyday life. Talks about these things today that were fruitful, multiply, and fill and subdue. So sometime you go and you deal with that, all right? And, and just in your own time. But, but I want to end here today, and it, it just keeps coming up, keeps coming up. I want everybody in the sound of my voice to hear this today that God has a purpose for your life. be a little personal with you. I alluded to it earlier. One of the neatest things ever happened in my life is when I was 14 years old, God called me in the ministry. I ran from it, tried to, but the best thing probably ever happened that day is that before that night was out, I had told my pastor and my mother what had happened. They were like the hounds of heaven. They never let me get over it. So I stand here today with purpose. But long before God made the clarity of my everyday life and calling on my life, I understand more clearly what started in the way back. 
Hear me before we go. God expects for you and me in Jesus Christ to be fruitful. Quit excusing barrenness. And you know what's neat? I already shared it. If you have fruit in your life, he wants you to have more, not less. He wants you to have more, not the same. No matter what depth you are with the Lord, God wants you to keep going further and further with him. Don't quit. Don't put it on the shelf. Don't say, I've arrived. If you're breathing, you haven't arrived. Much fruit. Multiply. Now, most of you are long past that. A little lighter moment. Man, I can't wait to be a grandparent. I got, I got one married couple. Abby Kate's married. I've been dropping hints. I don't have long. They need to tighten up. I mean, isn't it true? I've seen more immoral grandparents that were moral when they had children. Now, be offended if you're a grandparent. But you beat your kids for stuff that you celebrate with your grandkids. Now, if I'm lying, you know it's the truth. Look at him. When the mama and daddy did that, it was, yeah, look at him. It was bam, 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 beating them around the house. I'm telling the truth. Listen to me, church. Multiply. Mm. We need to multiply. Mm. We need to multiply numerically. We need to multiply spiritually. God, help us to multiply. God, help us to fill the earth. Worldliness is coming in the church like a flood. God expects the church to affect the world. Amen? He expects you, man, if you didn't get full today, something's wrong with you. He expects we got filled up today so that we can go out and spill out on the world. You receiving it? See, we talk about, oh, I ain't getting much out of today. Well, you didn't come expecting. Your expector's broke. Your cup's turned right side down. You ain't got your cup right side up. You didn't come looking for him. Huh. We got to get filled up so we can go out and expand and fill the earth and subdue it. I'm tired of being second fiddle. You? I'm tired of the second fiddle blogs. I'm tired of the world telling the church what to do. It's time for God's people to arise. God's people arise and let his enemies be scattered. That's what the word of God says. He called us to dominion, to subdue it. Not take whatever comes along. Are you motivated? I hope you are. All right. Bow your head. I want to pray over us today. I hope you receive all of this. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord. I just want to pray over us today. Mm. Lord, by the authority of your word, each and every person, whether here in person, or Lord, they've taken this in through media, I pray that we'd be fruitful. Show us, Lord, our barrenness. Show us, God, where we've just got leaves with no fruit. Show us, God, your nature today that your desire is for us, if we're bearing fruit, to bear more fruit. God, you know what we need as a church. You know what we need as our communities and our our cities and country. You know what we need. We need for the righteous to stand. And we need a, a new gall and gumption that I want more fruit in my life, Lord. I want you to prune me to the place that there's fruit everywhere for other people to see and experience in my life. God, help us to fill the earth. We got enough, Lord. We got to take it in here and take it out there. I thank you. I pray for every person in the workforce. I pray for every person in the home. I pray for every person in the community. May we fill the earth with your presence today.